Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from PursuitGrowRoom.com. In this week's interview, we're speaking to our good friend, Martin Condon from Martin's World. He is an Irish cannabis activist. He's been featured in the High Times magazine. He's sat in front of the Irish government to discuss cannabis legislation with them. He is a legend in the Irish cannabis community, and he's been on the show many times before, so you should already know who he is. But before we move on to the interview, I just want to make sure you all know that we have a Discord server now. And if you are on Discord, make sure you come and join our server. There's a link to the server in the description of this download. So just go there, click it, and you'll get the invitation on where to join. And you can also come and join PersusGrowRoom.com for absolutely free and come and join the community over there as well. So come and join the Discord, come on, sign up to PersusGrowRoom.com and become part of the community. But for now, here is the interview with Martin's World. I'll speak to you at the end of this. See you in a bit. How is Martin's world, man? What's going on there? Yeah, as I was, I was just. Doing... And how's your health as well? Uh, my health is quite good, actually. Thank God. Um, yeah, I've not had any seizures and continue to, to be seizure free now for a couple of months. Uh, long may that continue. And yeah, I'm I'm, I'm doing quite fucking good. Um, things are starting to, to improve, I suppose. Uh, in, in my life, uh, I'd other shit kind of going on all along that was really just holding me back and uh, dragging me down a little bit. Um, but thankfully, you know, that, that's all uh, improving. Uh, yeah, we had, we had a great Christmas. Got to spend Christmas there with all the family. Nice. Uh, that little man there, uh, he got spoiled. He really enjoyed it. Uh, so his first proper Christmas last year, he was really too small to, to kind of mm-hmm. grasp what was going on. But this year, he was kind of like you know, opening stuff and uh, enjoying it. So, yeah, no, it was good. It was good to be able to be there and not, and not to be one of the, the many fucking hundreds of thousands across the globe locked up for this bloody plant. Oh God, yeah, yeah, because I was hanging over my head, you know, mm-hmm. earlier last year, I, I got that two month suspend or two month uh, prison sentence. It wasn't a suspended sentence; it was actually a prison sentence. A judge wanted to send me to prison for two months over some uh, CBD, a CBD joint. Well, you you appealed that, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I've appealed that, uh, and uh, that that appeal was up on December fourteenth or fifteenth. There, just uh, last month, and um, it was up for mention. So it's going to be back in the courts now in maybe a month or two. Wow. So you could still get sent down for that? Could, yeah. It depends on, I suppose, the next judge that I'm sitting in front of. You know, it's, it's all down to the judge that you meet on the day. But look, the thing is, is the next court I go to, I still have a power of appeal. I, I don't have to accept that judge's decision. If I don't like what he says. That I have the power of appeal. I can continue to appeal until I exhaust all my appeals, which is bringing me to what the European courts, but I'll reach the Irish Supreme Courts before then. And you, you would hope that by the time you get to the Supreme Court that you should have your um, your arguments upheld, because I suppose my arguments have been made around our constitution here in Ireland. And we, we don't have a constitutional court like other countries do, but our Supreme Court is one where arguments around the constitution would be heard and uh, I suppose decisions made and upheld. Hmm. And I, I do believe that this, you know, this should be, um, uh, it should be agreed with that this is a violation of our uh, constitutional rights, uh, that the right to one's privacy, that the right to one's uh, sovereignty over their life, autonomy of their body, 
you know, this all comes under our constitution, uh, our human rights enshrined under our constitution. So um, I look forward to, to that battle as it kind of continues to go on. But I do believe it's going to be a long drawn out battle. And in the, the lifetime of that battle, I think there will be change happen. I think that the change in the legislation will happen in the, before I reach the end of my, my avenue of appeal. Is there any cases which you can refer back to that are similar to this? Any precedent set in the past? Um, no, not in Ireland. No, um, nobody right. has uh, challenged it as far as I'm aware. Um, in, in this this regard, uh, no, nobody's been kind of I don't know, bold enough, brave enough, to, or whatever the case may be, stupid enough maybe, um, to actually go to the court and say that hey, look, this is a violation of my human rights. I don't accept mm. what you're doing here, and uh, I believe my constitution is the grounds in which I can stand on to argue that what I'm doing isn't wrong, and that what you're doing is wrong. Uh, i.e. The, the justice uh, system. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's got to stand up, mate. Yeah, that that's. I, I'm just surprised that people haven't been doing it all, all along. Um, you know, the, I, this is why it, I, I I believe it's still the law still exists is because of our own, you know, uh, enablement of it. Not like people get stopped, searched, drugs taken off them, brought to court, and it's yes or no, sir. Three bags full the whole way along, and and nobody stops and looks and says like this, this is wrong. Stop doing this, you know. Some people have, but you know, they're they're silenced, they're they're intimidated into silence, which is what was attempted to me. I was intimidated into silence, attempted intimidation into silence, you know, a threats court, um, you're getting cops stopping and searching you more often. Um, again, that's all a form of the intimidation. Um, but uh, thankfully, I suppose I didn't give in to that. That's some hmm. bullshit, man. Don't they have to have probable cause to do a search, though? Oh, yeah, you're acting suspicious. There you go. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> still, uh, do I smell cannabis? Yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Like, what was it? I, I seen there over in the UK recently. Um, It was up on Twitter or one of your UK police force, the road, road uh, guys over there. They stopped, um, they stopped a driving instructor while he was instructing a student because they had... Uh, information that the guy was driving under the influence of cannabis. I saw that news article get put out today. Yeah, yeah, today it got put out. Yeah, um, what, what in the name of God? Like the guy was instructing a, 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 a an instructee. Um, he was doing his job, you know. And and next, the guys come, the cops come and harass him. Now, I would say something if he was driving erratically, if he was a danger to the public or anything. But by the sounds of it, it was just somebody didn't like this guy, ratted him out to the cops that said, hey, he teaches people while he's high. He uses cannabis and he's teaching people. Like, you know, I, I, I'm not too sure what, what the case may be. Does he, I don't know, maybe the guy even has a fucking private prescription. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, and you don't know that nowadays. It could it could be the case. Yeah, he but, uses cannabis as medicine, man, and he's got a prescription for it. Yeah, but, but it doesn't change the fact that, you know, that there was a bunch of cops pulled this guy in while he was working, harassed him, uh, harassed him in front of a student. Who, who knows how that, that that person who was being instructed to drive felt. Like, did, did he have to get pulled over by the cops while being instructed? So, you know, you're under instruction by your instruction. Actually, you got blue lights going off behind you. It's just traumatic. You're just like, wow. I, I never want to drive again. Do you know what? Uh, I'm not doing my driving test. I'm done with driving. I'm staying on the bus. Might be a win for the environment for that that individual. That's a loss. That, that's an impediment on their life, you know. Yeah, fuck that shit, man. God yeah, damn. you ever been on a bus in the UK? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that. Yeah, fuck that shit, indeed, man. Bus wankers. <laughs> I, 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 
was always smoking. I was a heavy smoker when I was learning how to drive. And I, I did my driving test stoned as a motherfucker. And I passed first time, no problem. Easy fucking peasy. Same with the uh, the theory test, man. I was high as a motherfucker when I went in there. Probably went in there stinking of weed as well. Yeah. I did yeah. just fine, man. Did just fine. I think that people like ourselves who have done that, we should get a little green stamp on our, our license. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you're approved. <laughs> uh, but, but interesting, I suppose, uh, over in Ireland, we, we've actually accommodated for medical patients, unlike in the UK. So mm. if that, that driving instructor over there in the UK was uh, a prescription holder, he still doesn't really have much protection under the, the British law. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas over there in Ireland, if you're a medical license holder for medical cannabis, um you're exempt from those arbitrary roadside drug tests that just test for simple presence and not actually in, in, in for ox, uh, intoxication. Mm-hmm. Um, so over in Ireland, you'll be subject to maybe um, a sobriety test of, of, of some sort, or maybe the case that um, the cop can't do anything because they didn't actually observe you driving in any way that uh, uh, kind of indicated to them that you were impaired, you know, such a mm-hmm all over the road stopping inappropriately or, or whatever the case may be that might indicate impairment if you don't display any of that the cop actually can't touch you here in ireland as long as you have your medical cannabis license so we're progressive in that that sense but we we still have a long way to go because we've got uh, i'd say about one percent of the amount of patients uh, with licenses here compared to the uk which is crazy mm. and we've changed our law already to accommodate for them to drive What's it's if they, they don't, yeah, they, they just, they're trying to do as little as possible. The only reason why they've made it legal for medical use in the first place is because of all the work Hannah Deacon was doing, trying to get uh, cannabis medicine for Alfie's son with epilepsy. And she was all over the media, she was all over the news on all the early morning breakfast TV shows. And they had to do something because she was pushing it so hard, man. But now they just step back and... You know, they're going to keep her happy. She was making the most amount of noise. Not many other people are kicking off making enough noise so they don't get seen the same, you know? It's some bullshit, man. It's fucking fast. We need more Martins here in the UK. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty lucky because they've never come for me. I've never been, like, arrested in, in this way for cannabis. I mean, that old uh, Ben Nevis story, but that was a long time ago. And I don't think that... That would affect me nowadays. But if they came for me, uh, like now, and decided to try and make an example out of me, then they'd be opening up the wrong fucking can of worms, man. You know, same with you. You were not too bothered by it until they came for you and made an example out of you and pulled you out your fucking car. Because that's what started the game for you, isn't it? That's what you started uh, becoming an activist about. Yeah, yeah. Pulled you over in front of your kids, all right? Well, when I was 17, uh, I suppose my child wasn't with me at the time. My child would have been at home. We were we had a babysitter that night, myself and uh, my baby's, uh, our, my girlfriend, uh, my child's mom. Uh, we would have been out together. Um, we were out watching the airplanes land up at the airport. We were driving back from there and uh, the blue lights came on behind us and uh, I got caught with a lump of hash. <laughs> wow. And and that's what's kind of sparked it off. Uh, it, it was a lot of it was to do with the way they treated us more than anything at the side of the road, you know, they completely up, upended the care, emptied out like the glove box, took out stuff out of the boot and everything. And, you know, I was after giving them the hash and everything. They didn't really need to pull the car apart, um, but they did. And then afterwards, they didn't put nothing back, like CDs left all, out, all, all over the car, you know, my right. stuff just, just scattered everywhere. And you're just like, yeah, we, we'll see you in court. I was only 17 at the time as well, you know, and by the time it came to court, I was actually 18. 
So I got tried as an adult, even though I was Fuck a, a minor when I actually got stopped with. So that should have been like dealt with as a minor or at least struck out mm-hmm. when I got to the court. Be kind of saying, look, this happened when you were younger. Cop the F on or whatever. But actually, do you know what? Funny enough, uh, that that actual incident did get struck out now that I think of it, but not because I was a minor when it happened, but because the judge was like, what? He, he got caught with how much hash? Like, why, why is this being dealt with in the courts? This is uh, a petty uh, crime. He was like, don't don't be wasting my time bringing cases like this before me, is kind of what the judge was saying. Hmm. Um, that judge soon after actually retired. His name was uh, McGrourke or something. He was a really old guy. Um and, and he was sound, you know, he, he seemed like a cool judge. It was unfortunate that he had to retire afterwards. Mm. My, my next encounter with the judge wasn't as uh, as positive, though, after that. <laughs> I think the next one was like a, a 400 euro donation to the charity box um, and no conviction um, for, for a smaller, a smaller quantity of hash. So the first time I got caught with it was about maybe a bit more than a quarter, less than a half ounce of hash and uh, the second time I got caught it was less about half a quarter about three and a half grams of hash so a bear hash too probably or maybe a bit of pollen can't really remember that mm-hmm. was that long ago but <laughs> yeah I remember I remember the first stuff was so bear the, the first stuff I got caught with. <laughs> God damn, remember they should definitely let you up if you're trying to charge you with soap bar oh my god <laughs> You know I mean, I how can so they even call it cannabis man exactly what is this it's waste it's, you're smoking garbage man yeah how many times you've been up in front of a judge then? Ah, oh, too many to count in one hand and two hands, even actually. Yeah, if, wow, uh, I've had like thirteen to fourteen appearances, uh, cases. Uh, I've had more appearances because each case comes with a minimum of two appearances. It'll never get dealt with on day one. You go in day one just for it to be mentioned, accept your jurisdiction, and then you come back on another day to deal with it. I've never went in there and had it dealt on on day one. And like that, that was really annoying as well, because for a majority of those cases, I was working a day job and that meant I had to get a day off of work. Some of the cases I was after going back, as I said earlier, I went back and done my leaving cert when I was a little bit older, when I was 21. While I had to do, go to or back into this, uh, what would you call it? Um, uh, this, this kind of college anywhere where you do your, your leaving cert again. Um, I had to miss two days of that to, to attend court. It was a joke, like uh, they're depriving me of my education, depriving me of my livelihood, my ability to go out there and earn a living, trying to provide for my family. It's ridiculous, like. Yeah, well, you shouldn't be such a risk to society with your devil drugs. This is the fucking soap art that are making me smoking. That was the penalty right there, smoking so far. Yeah, you know, enough of a punishment. man. So what happened this year? Because you, you've had your um, no, you've actually done prison time, haven't you? Not this year. I I, I done jail time, I suppose, not prison. Right, right. <laughs> uh, jail being that inside the, the the cop station. Um, but yeah, they they held me in a in a jail uh, earlier this year when I got that two month sentence. They were kind of again intimidation was kind of what they were playing at. They were trying to intimidate me. They were they, they held me for about three almost four hours inside in the cell. Um, until I paid for my appeal, two hundred euro. That's all it was. Wow. And I, I had it there and then in the court, but it was in a bag at the back of the court that my buddy Graham was mining. Mm. And when my case was called, I walked to the top of the court and stood up there next to my solicitor because I don't normally get a solicitor, but because this case is happening down in Dungarvan, which is just over an hour's drive from me, 
I got a solicitor just so I could have somebody represent me there for when it was up for mention and stuff like that. When I didn't have to actually be there myself in person, I could have the solicitor there save me the, the hassle of driving down there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I stood at the top of the court. The judge said his piece. My solicitor said his piece. And next he's like, oh, does he have any, uh, pro- he, the, the judge asked his court clerk, um, did I have any prior convictions? Court clerk told him, oh yeah, he's got a couple of convictions there for section three, which is uh, personal possession of drugs. And I've only ever been caught in personal possession of cannabis, just to add. Um, so he was like, oh, is that right? It's the time we taught Mr. Condon a lesson. Two month sentence, you know, and uh, okay, no. that was it. And he was like, uh, "Oh my judge, my my solicitor asked to uh, appeal it straight away." And he said, "Yeah, two hundred euro for appeal." Solicitor asked me, "Do I have it?" And I said, "Yeah, it's down in my bag. I'll go get it there." I was going to go get it, and the judge, "Oh no, you stop there. Do you have the money in your pocket?" I like, no, I don't have it in my pocket. It's in my bag at the back of the room with my friend. You sit down there. You're, you're in custody. You don't walk to the back of that room at all. You're in, you're you're in my court. You're in custody now. And he told the guard to, to put me into handcuffs then because I, I, I was taking out my phone to tell, text my friend at the back of the room to pass my bag up to me there. Oh, and he, the guard tried to take my phone off me and I said, you touched that phone. And I goes, you're going to be sorry. I couldn't help it. I, I, I'm not normally a very, I'm normally a very polite, non-threatening person. But in this yeah, way, when you're having your piss taken out of you like that, man, these fucking... Yeah, the, the, and, I, and I think that's what they were trying to do. I think they were trying to provoke me. I think they were like, you know, trying to poke the bear a little, a little bit, trying to get a reaction out of me of some sort. Hmm. Um, but you know what? Thankfully, that that's kind of as far as it went. I, I kind of made that little slight threat towards the guard and then the guard was like right you're, you're coming outside of the courtroom step outside of the court um and i did i stepped outside of the courtroom and i'm no problems and then he put me in handcuffs outside of there then um, but before i walked out of the courtroom as i was walking out of the courtroom i walked over to my buddy and instead of getting my bag and the money i handed him my phone i was like fuck them they're not getting my phone <laughs> So I gave them my phone, my buddy, my phone, so that my phone wasn't going to be in the possession of the authorities because right. not the, the authorities don't even trust themselves. You know, there, there was a news story out here in Ireland only a couple of months ago where members of the guards were actually leaving some of the, their devices like at home or back in the station because the, their superiors back in the, the uh, station were tracking them, listening in on them and stuff like that. Like, uh, So they don't even trust each other. When it comes to you know devices that they carry, it's it's interesting. So why why the hell should we trust them? Yeah. And, and and you know when it comes to your phone that unless you have an iPhone, I think iPhones are different in this regard. But for a lot of uh, Androids and other phones like that, they, the cops have devices that they can just plug in and just grab a lot of your data. They they can just get through your codes and things like that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently iPhones, as much as I don't like Apple and all of that, apparently they're the ones to kind of have when it comes to security from the cops because uh, they, they can't really back end it like they can Android stuff. Yeah, there was a big case, weren't there, where they wanted to get some information from te- some terrorist phone. Yeah. And Apple was like, no, we're not giving you that information. Yeah, we're, we're not going to jeopardize the security of our uh, mm-hmm. uh, the phone network. Yeah, so no, they're, they're, I suppose they were dead right in that sense. Um, so that's just something for somebody to be thinking of. Look, I, I don't really have a whole lot to be hiding, but I do have people I want to be protecting. So that that's yeah, kind yeah. of that. <laughs> but yeah, then they brought me back to the to the jail there in Dungarvan to held me there then for three hours. Um, at a time when you know I, I needed to be back in the city, I, I had an important appointment to make that day with uh, one of my kids. 
um, and I missed it. And therefore, they missed that appointment. And we kind of believe that there was a, a detrimental effect and there a little bit of long, not long after that because of missing that particular appointment. Mm. You know, Piss take, man. Yeah, it's the, the unforeseen like costs of prohibition. You know, you're not seeing mm-hmm. the, the, the the widespread uh, negative effects of this. You know, you, you see somebody get caught with drugs and they get brought to court and they criminalize them. Oh yeah, two hundred euro fine to that person, or three hundred or four hundred, whatever the case may be. But like, wh- who was that money for? Was that all that money for that person? Is that person of kids? Well, if that person has kids, now their kids are going to be down money. There's going to be less opportunity for them kids. You know, was mm-hmm. that money that that person was going to save away for a summer holiday? Was that money that they were going to save away to buy, I don't know, their kid a fucking, I don't know, an opportunity to go to a soccer camp or to go to a ballet camp or, or yeah. whatever the case may be? You know, you're, you're yeah, rotten. Finding is such an unfair system because yeah. money is relative, man. Expensive is a relative term. You know, it's 20 pounds to one person is nothing to, to others. It's the, the effects of like finding people for money. It, yeah. it, it, it oversees the person that you're trying to harm. It, it doesn't just stop there. You know, it'd be all well and good, you know, if like, Mackie done something and you're bold Mackie and we find you but it only hurted Mackie but you can't do that because Mackie's money is not just Mackie's money Mackie's money is Mackie's family's money as well mm-hmm. so if you find Mackie for something that Mackie done you're actually hurting Mackie's family then there as well and it's like yeah you know and I, I do believe that that's kind of uh, it's illegal kind of I suppose under the um is it the Nuremberg thing collective punishments mm. I think collective punishments are actually illegal. So you can kind of argue that arbitrarily finding people for the personal use of drugs is a collective punishment as far as uh, you're taking fucking bread off the table of family. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking piss take, man. Yeah, it is. So yeah. when, it, when, because you had two different uh, what, what was criminal encounters this year, there's the one where you went to Dungarvan, but there's another one as well, right? Yeah, I had two others. Uh, I had one up in the city, uh, in Cork City. That that was for the Valentine's Day protest last year where I walked into the guard station on Valentine's Day. They show my love for the, the justice system here and I, I gifted them some f- cannabis flowers. I gifted Very them. nice of you, sir. Very nice of you. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've got to show our appreciation <laughs> for front, frontline staff, especially those out there keeping us safe. <laughs> um, so I brought them a cannabis plant as well, you know, just so they can grow their own cannabis flowers in case they, they wanted to do that. And one gram of cannabis that I broke up into 10 individual wraps of cannabis. But yeah, and uh, I, I gifted that to them, done that live on stream. So that, that's up on YouTube for anybody to kind of go back and watch it any point that they want. Um but that, that cop kind of, he, he was a bit taken back by it, to be fair. Um, but he did his job and I was up in court for that. And that's going to be back up now on the 31st of January. What are, what are the chances you think you're going to see some prison time with either of these cases? I don't know. Um, it's it's only time will tell really. And it'll, it'll be very dependent on the judge that I meet as well on the day. Because uh, it's, all them to the mood of the judges. Well, you might know, Mackie, you, you've not had to go to court yourself. Oh, uh, not, not for weed-related crimes. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, a lot of it is down to the judge. Um, and if they're in a good mood in the day, you might get lucky and they might hear your argument and entertain it a little bit. But if you're not lucky, then it's not going to go good. It's just scary to have these fucking, uh, these things hanging over you. <laughs> And as, as many of our listeners know, I mean, especially listening to this, you know, you've got your boy in the background there. You've got a family to be thinking about. And if you're taken away from them, 
and put in prison for a couple of months. How's it, what effect is it going to have on them, man? And there's no victim in this fucking crime. You have just decided that you would like to partake in a little bit of cannabis. It's not, uh, it doesn't cause anybody else any problems, but your family's going to have to suffer for it. Yep. Yep. That's, that's pretty much it. You know, and it goes back to that kind of conversation we're having a few minutes ago about collective punishments. You know, you take mm. me out of the equation of my family and my family are going to suffer as a result. Like my, my partner at the moment, like she, she's like, she's not a hundred percent. She's not like fucking hundred percent physically fit because uh, she has issues there, I suppose, that arose are, after her past pregnancies and stuff that mm. require her to, to, to take it a bit easier, that require like me to be, I suppose, there more often to be doing more, um, to be helping out more. Um, because, you know, if she's to be left to, to have to do the, the, the workload of, uh, taking care of an entire family, then it's going to put um, undue pressure on her body that, that it can't handle at all. And she'll suffer and the kids then suffer because mm-hmm. you know, she'll probably be put into an early grave. And I'm not going to let that happen. And uh, I, I certainly won't be letting any judge put me into a prison cell anyway. That's for sure. Because uh, as you kind of said, I've got a family and there's no stronger motivation and a man wanting to, to, to stick with his family to keep his family together. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to really have to be drawing blood for me if, if, if you're going to think that you're going to be separating me from my family um, because that that's as far as I'd be willing to go for it like you know they, they, they say that this is a war on drugs well if this is a war on drugs and I'm I'm engaged in a war then all goes in war you know I'm I'm, I'm willing really to take it up as uh, take the battle as far as it needs to go mm-hmm. but I certainly won't be going down easy anyway that's it that that is for sure you know I don't, as I said earlier, I'm not a violent person. I don't have violent tendencies and, and all of that. Like, but by God, they'll be dragging me, kicking and screaming <laughs> if they want to drag me. Yeah, and you also, because there's, there's been some uh, events over in, I was going to say Scotland, but definitely not Scotland. There have been some events over in Ireland where there was a, a meetup, right? You, you experienced some shit a few months ago, but one of those meetups. Yeah, that there was. A... What happened, man? What's the sco- What's the story with this shit? Well, there was a there's a group called the Major Group for Cannabis Reform in Ireland. Uh, they're based up above in Dublin, and uh, yeah, they they organised this indoor cannabis market. Um, it was a great event. I, I thought it was an amazing event. What what it basically done? It was uh, it brought together uh, people within the community and uh, gave them an opportunity to to kind of come in in an indoor venue, consume cannabis together, but not not just consume it. They were able to actually purchase it there on the day. So there was a number of vendors there set up in a downstairs uh, kind of uh, environment. Uh, you went in there, they had a, a number of stalls spread out around the room, and then you went upstairs and they had a kind of a, an open floor uh, room, big long room. And uh, to be fair, it was it was a long enough room that it was so smoky in there, you couldn't see one side from the other side. When you stood <laughs> one end of the room, you, could, you could actually couldn't see the other side of the room. And you even got out one of those big, smoke machines uh it was a leaf blower with an attachment onto it filled it with a load of uh um a shake uh, and some bud and some distillate and uh they just absolutely hot boxed the place it was yeah. it was an, it was an amazing event in fairness a great opportunity to socialize to network um there was a good good quality product there as well um i, I definitely would have cr- get been a one bit I would have been critical of is the fact that a lot of, if not all of the bud there was imported. Um, there, there was no bud there that there was somebody saying like, yeah, I'm growing this, you know, that fucking I'm whoever and this is my bud that I've grown. No, it was just all these kind of um, 
Instagram vendors, you know, brand that they have their brand, but that's it. That, that's all they kind of have. They just have a name. They don't grow. They don't have any input. They have no investment outside of the financial investment that they've put into the product to get it there. You know, I, I, that, that was the only thing I was critical of. Um, it was just, it was something I, I, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm a connoisseur. I'm a lover of, uh, of it. Um, and I, I just didn't really feel the love that was there. It was just kind of lads that were buying and stuff to sell stuff to make some money. And, and, that, and that was kind of it. You know, if I can three and a half, three and a half gram, hundred quid for exotic flavors, you know, just ripping people off. Wow. hundred hundred euro for three and a half grams. Well, the, the, I, there, there was three and a half grams for 50 euro there as well. But if you wanted the Cali stuff, you know, oh, you're God, yeah. paying top dollar. Like, I, I just don't believe in that. I just think that's horrible. That's just marketing, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's how I feel anyway about, about the Cali stuff, because I, I've been to Amsterdam even and the lads that I was with in Amsterdam, they were buying the Cali stuff and I, I was a bit too expensive for my likes, but I've had a taste of it with them and like they agreed with me. It was like the stuff that we got for 12 euro gram is fucking much better than the stuff they were getting for 35 euro gram. Yeah, stupidness, man. You don't fall into that trap. It's just marketing. That's all. Yeah, yeah. So you're paying for the marketing, for the advertising in the fucking case it's in. You yeah. Know, the metal tin rather than a plastic bag. Or the PGRs that they use to produce the boils to make mm-hmm. it rock hard and dense. <laughs> you nearly knock you out if you threw it at somebody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, you, you can't play them silly games. You just smoke normal weed, don't it? That's, that's what it's yeah. There, there was a few people there that were selling mushrooms as well. So there was some magic mushrooms there for sale. And I'd imagine you probably were able to pr- procure some other psychedelics there if you would ask. You know, maybe there was probably access to MDMA and probably access to LSD and stuff through these uh, different people that were there as well. Because as I said, you know, it was a lot of them were just in it to make the money. They, they weren't really in it for the love of the community or, or anything like that. But if they were in it for the love of the community, they were probably out at the front line or, or not too far behind me shouting for a change of the laws here for the community to try mm-hmm. and to benefit. So then yeah. there, was, and there was a kickoff because you did a live stream there or some shit, right? No, no, I, I got permission to do a live stream, right? This is kind of the confusing part of it. I, I asked the organizer there on the day, is it all right to go? And I I looked for the person and I, I found the person. I said it to him and like, yeah, you know, go, just grant, yeah, do a live. I was like, you sure? Yeah, grant, excellent. So done live. Walk people around, you know, and try not to show too many faces and what have you. I kept kept the camera to the floor, um, and only brought it up, showing the table and making sure that I kept the vendors' heads out of it. You know, um, I didn't succeed in all of that because at one or two points, somebody beside me was talking to me, and the camera might have drifted up a little bit and caught somebody's face. Uh, at least one person kind of got in touch with me and said, "Oh, how dare you put my face in it?" And I was like, "Look, sorry, but it was a, it was a fucking mistake." You know that you said it. Look, I'm going to delete that and take it down in your grand. Don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, that, that wasn't really the issue. It wasn't the, the video. It was that following the video, a journalist got in touch and was like, oh, great. Uh, that looked like an interesting event. Uh, I want to do a piece on it. Um, are you willing to take a phone call? And I said, yeah, certainly. I have no problem taking a phone call, talking about the event at all. Um, so I, I, I took the phone call, gave the story and the story came out, I believe it was in the Sunday world. And, um, about what would you say a couple of hours even after the story came out my inbox blew up um the guys at the major group were after putting up that uh i was after ratting them out that uh, I, I was after uh compromising their venue um with the story and and all of this um so they basically threw me under the bus uh the major group for cannabis reform uh, in an instagram post 
this then set out a lot of their supporters by, uh, after me and they would have sent me some threatening messages. Some of them like threatened me physically in the me- in the messages. Some of them spoke about my family and stuff like that in the messages. Wow. Um, they, they, they some one or two one one guy in particular crossed the line, and uh, I I I actually purposely went on and done a live stream and called the guy out, played played his voice messages across the the, the live stream and things like that as well. Now again, I'm, I wouldn't normally do this, but as I said, this guy crossed the line. He started talking about my family, and it doesn't really fly with me. Um, I, I do this for the love of the community i don't do this for glory i don't do this for fame or nothing like that i do this because i believe it's the right thing to do and i want to see this law change that's the one and only reason that i do this i want to be a free man left to enjoy life with my family i don't want no fame i don't want no glory i just like to want to be left the fuck alone um and to have somebody like that to come after me and to say those things uh for doing just that doing what i've always done and i haven't ever hid what i do I'm a public guy, you know, that what I do is a very public thing and they shouldn't own this. Um, and yeah, it just had all this unnecessary fucking, uh, it caused this unnecessary divide there between myself and others within a community. Mm-hmm. We've gone to a point where some of those members uh, who would have been key activists haven't rejoined the Cannabis Activist Alliance, which was an attempt, I suppose, to start bringing together all of the, the cannabis activist groups within Ireland, kind of under one umbrella or at least kind of uh, into one gathering point to, to converse things out. Um, I know a couple of those members kind of haven't returned there because uh, I'm there. You know? wow. Yeah. wow. Fucking hell, man. It's just not cool. I remember saying it, you know, it's just, it's not cool to see somebody who obviously has a lot of love for the community be attacked in that way. Yeah, no, it, it was a joke. You know, it's just like how, how quickly the good things that you do get forgotten. Mm-hmm. And, and how quickly people can just turn and you like that. It was it was eye opening, I suppose, in, in one sense. It was a bit upsetting in another sense that people could turn in you so quickly. Yeah. Uh, one day, you know, you're you're doing all you can to fight for people uh, within your community, and next day those same people you were fighting for are now wanting to they shreds out of you. Mm-hmm. Physical harm. It's just like what what in the name of God, uh, you know. It's it, it set me back some but it's what do you mean set you back. How do you mean? In what way? It's just that I, I suppose, um, I, it was hard to get back in front of the camera. It was hard to continue doing the content. Uh, it was my motivation. I felt deflated. I suppose that's a more accurate term. I felt deflated by by, by the whole thing. It, it just took the air out, out of me, and uh, I just wasn't able to to put out the same level of uh, of content. You know, the same level of energy into my content. Um, following that for for a while, I just took away from it. You know, I was just. It's it just out away at the back of my head a little bit more than I should have. Uh, I suppose it's my own fault. I kind of let that happen then as well. I should have just built the bridge and get the F on it over it um, and not let these people kind of bother me so much. Um, but it did, it did bother me. Um, but it doesn't anymore. I know it's kind of done and dusted. Um, and if they kind of want to be big babas about this whole thing above there, then it kind of says more about them than it does about me. Um, and, you know, as water's off a duck's back now to me at this stage. That's it, man. You're Martin. You know, if there's anybody who is pushing forward for legislation in Ireland right now, it's you and everybody else is just fucking pretending. I don't see anybody else putting it anywhere near the amount of work you put into this shit and the amount of risk. You know I mean, is anybody else having court dates because they've gone and handed in cannabis to the fucking police station? No, not many. 
I, I wish there was, to be fair. Exactly. I, I wish there was an army of people walking alongside me doing the same thing because if there was, we, we would have changed this law a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But I was powerless to the people if they just get up off their arse and, and, and stand up for themselves, you know. But Bob Marley, you know, he sounds, they're not just songs, they're, they're fucking instructions. Get up, stand up, guys, stand up for your rights, you know. Like that, that's an instruction. That's not a song. It's not something you sing along to and tap your foot to. It's something you fucking take into your head and you actually act upon those words. He wasn't singing to us. He he was instructing us as to what to do. Just At least that's mental. my feeling of Bob Marley's songs when I listen to it. Oh, I feel there's more of a, there, there's more power, there's more instruction in there than there is just good vibes. Mm. Just some bullshit, man, to see the community turning you the way that they do, especially after the amount of work you put in for them. But well, it's, look, it's out of the it, way now, though, isn't it? It's, it's all blown over. It, it is, but look, I suppose when you, you look at it from why it was is the reason behind the event being set up it wasn't that in which I originally thought it was for I thought the event was kind of set up in the spirit of the civil disobedience in the spirit of the community mm. but to be fair it was really only set up in the spirit of the vendors and the spirit of the, the venue holder organizer you know that they wanted to continue to, to hold more events like this because uh, I don't know, and, you know I, I, I don't really want to be made accusations but to be fair it was like this is a lucrative opportunity. It was 20 euro ahead. And uh, I don't know, did we have like a hundred or so people in there? Mm. Yeah, I thought about two grand for a ve- what, what does it cost to rent the venue for a week? I, I don't know. But you know, and, for a and, week? Yeah, for, for the day. Well, it was only for a day, I suppose, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not much, mate. It's not much for a day. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not too sure, really, as to. Um, what what their motivations were in setting her up, but it certainly wasn't what I thought it was anyway, which was civil disobedience, which was that uh, the whole the successful event and afterwards talk about it, about the successes of it, how it went off, no problems, no under 18s. That that was another success of the event. We no under 18s at the event. Everybody that attended the event was over 18, mm-hmm. and uh, there was no trouble, no fighting. Only one complaint came back from a restaurant next door, and that restaurant uh, didn't complain anymore afterwards. They didn't call the cops on us. We just got notified, hey, they can smell weed in the restaurant, and uh, they kind of complained about it. And uh, we, we were like, Rand, we just closed the side window that's near the restaurant, and that seemed to have sorted the issue. Just crazy, man. They, they shouldn't be complaining about it. That's, that's getting customers to order more munches, bro. Leave that but, window open. Good thing, man. <laughs> the, art, the article that, that went out it actually created it generated a lot of interest in the event the amount of people who messaged me out following the article who were like oh is there another event like this why didn't i hear about this beforehand i would love to have had an opportunity to go to this event it sparked huge interest you know because mm-hmm. the, the the media that i went on to was a national newspaper i don't know was it the sunday world um so it was you know, I, got, I got good readership that's right, and you, and you were the one who were telling the newspapers about it. It was your promotion, was it? Uh, no, I didn't tell them it was my like event or promotion. Uh, no, but I, you told them about it, though. Yeah, I told them about it, yeah, and that was following up from the video that I had put out on. And, and that was because of the video I put out on the um, on the live that time or live, that I got permission to do. Mm-hmm. But again, we permission to do a video and then a journalist follows up in it. So what am I supposed to do? Just say, oh no, that video doesn't exist. That That's not real. Mm-hmm. Like, of course I'm going to fucking talk about it. That, that was the whole reason of going live. So it's out there. It's public now. People see it. Martin's World pu- pu- are published it. It's publicized it. 
Um, journalists caught up with it and journalists wanted to talk to me about it. And the thing was, right, when the journalist got in touch with me, I said, yeah, no problem. I'll talk to you about it. And I'd also suggest you get on to the organizers because they're organizing another event in the not too distant future, I said. Mm-hmm. I, I told the journalist to get on to the, other, to, to the organizers. The journalist didn't. That's not my fault. The journalist had worked with me a couple of times before because I'd given this journalist a couple of stories of, uh, of stuff I was doing in the past as well. I have a couple of journalists there. When I do something, I've just put a, a, a press release together. I send it out to a couple of journalists that, that I've uh, contacts for who I've worked with, who I trust, who, who've put out some uh, good pieces. Um, and I'll keep going back to those. And you know, I make no secret of that. That's that mean? like some people call me a rat for that. Like that's a very strong mm-hmm. word like, to be saying a rat. Like I, I'm an activist. I'm a campaigner. I'm I'm a person dedicated to the, to the campaign of civil disobedience. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just not a rat. It's but again, you know, water off a duck's back. You know, let let them say what they fucking want now at this stage because uh, yeah, it's 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 not bothering me anymore. Mm-hmm. It, it might bother me if they were to organize another event and uh, I don't get an invite. But look, I won't be surprised if I don't either. Um, and if I did, I'd be kind of a bit apprehensive of going up as to because uh, of the threats I got the last day. Yeah, yeah. Not that I'd be afraid of somebody, but I'd be just afraid and I'd, I'd have to hurt somebody if I did go up. Yeah, you just don't <laughs> want to get into that game, do you? It's too, too old for that shit, man. This isn't playground. You know, you, you've, yeah, got, for, you've got a fucking family at home to be thinking about. And even if you got a black eye, your kids would be thinking, what the fuck happened there? And I, I was 16 at a teenage disco the last time I got into a violent altercation with somebody because uh, this guy had met my friend's girlfriend so I went over there and I started a fight with this guy stupidly inside in a teenage disco. Went over, pushed him, he pushed me back and we kind of got into a little bit of a scuffle. And that was about the last time I actually had a fight with somebody. You know, that, that wow. was, I was 16, you know. How old are you now? Is it like 33 going on, yeah, 33 going on 34 yeah. this year. I've had a few fights, but they've been organized and they've been sanctioned like within the ring. <laughs> And they're all up on YouTube if people want to go and watch them. Just literally put in Martin Condon versus and you'll get a couple of fights that are, that are up there on YouTube with myself in the, in the ring doing a bit of Thai boxing. Good fun. I, I have to get back in there and do it again, but uh, we'll see how we go with this fucking epilepsy. <laughs> yeah, man. So what's the plan with that now? Are you, are you taking any medication for it? Is it just cannabis? Yeah, just cannabis, man. I got my medication right here in the jar. Um, if it'll show up on camera, it keeps disappearing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I got my medication there. Although I am fucking running low on it, unfortunately. Uh, we moved moved house there in June. Mm-hmm. So we're in a new house now. And it was only just like last week I managed to get popping some seeds again. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's been quite some time now since I've fucking seen a light and stuff. So it's nice to see a light. It's nice to see some seedlings popping up, and it's nice to be getting back on top of things. Um, but unfortunately, you know, um, when you leave a bit of a window there between your harvests, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. those jars run empty, and it's kind of a scary position to be in really right now because I, I don't know one when, when I run out of these, do my seizures come back? How long until my seizures come back? Um, so it's it's a bit of an awkward one. As I, I've said it to my consultant that I'm not taking our medication anymore. So they know that I've stopped taking the, the epilepsy medication that they were giving me because I still had seizures while I was on their medication. I've tried three drugs, um, three of them failed. So there was nothing I could really do then beyond that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to continue. You've gone on mute there. 
Did you mute yourself? Yeah, sorry, I hit that bloody oh, cool. button there. It happens, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I'm not going to continue to let them fucking uh, experiment on me, trial their drugs. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, there's something there that I believe it's going to work, and it's been kind of working up until now anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, stick with the fucking greens. It's better for you than most of the shit they push down your neck. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll be doing my best to stay on top of it anyway, but... You know, there's only so much you can do, really, when you're you're living in a world of prohibition, as you know. You doing any planting this year? You doing some? Because last year you were planting shit around the police stations and town hall outside the TD house and shit like that. You got anything like this planned? Yeah, yeah. Well, 2022, I didn't have much uh, kind of civil disobedience going on, really, outside of a couple of the small protests that we organised up and down the country. Um, but it was 2021 that I, I engaged in mm-hmm. all of that planting and, and all of that. But I, I definitely have intentions to get back and doing uh, actions this year again, civil disobedience actions uh, across the year. Um, mm-hmm. Last year, I suppose I just kind of had to take a, a step back with everything that was going on in my own private life and, and things like that. As much as I wanted to be out there every day, you know, engaging in civil disobedience, engaging in just pushing the the... The, the narrative that the, the prohibition of cannabis is wrong. Um, but unfortunately, you know, just, just life kind of gets in the way at times and you have mm. to set, get your priorities right. And for me, you know, um, unfortunately, uh, cannabis prohibition wasn't one of my biggest problems in, in life. Mm. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're, we're getting back into it there now. Yeah, man. Be good to see you back doing it. But of course, family-wise comes first, man. You got your other problems to dealing with. And it's supposed to be a community thing. It can't just all be you. Yeah, you know, but unfortunately, as you said, like the, the world doesn't just have enough people out there in a similar mindset as me. Mm. Um, and I, I don't get that, man. I, I don't feel fucking special. I don't feel like there's anything unique about me outside of, you know, I've got a unique DNA profile or whatever, like, but man, each and every one of us, like, fuck's sake, like we, we all can just say enough is enough. We can all just march into a guard station and like take the rug from under our feet. And I, I don't know why people don't want to do it because they do it to us fucking without without even thinking about it. You're mm. going to throw the cop pulls you in and they're going to smell some weed, man. And if they get that opportunity, they're, they're going to punks on you, you know, and, and they will. We can preempt them. We, we can get them before they get us. We, we can take back the power because it's so disempowering, you know, to be caught at the side of the road by the guards there, you, you have to go into this, yes, sorry, no, sir, fucking mode. If you start challenging them at the side of the road, you, you're going to get into more trouble. Mm-hmm. So again, if you were just to take back that power, you march into the cop station uh, together in numbers, you know, you don't do it on your own like, uh, like I did. Um, that's kind of silly. <laughs> <laughs> power in numbers, if we have enough people going doing this on a daily basis, you know, and you, and you, you think... Oh, but it, you know, it's it's only cannabis as a work and conviction for and all of this. And she's like, hang on, this is bigger than you. If you don't need cannabis because you've got a life threatening condition, then don't think that there's somebody else out there who doesn't. And that's that's what you even need to think of. We need to think of the most vulnerable people out there who are affected by this. And I wasn't one of them. I wasn't one of the most vulnerable people. I just didn't like what it done to me. And like I, I was always eager to engage in civil disobedience for a long time. But you know what? What broke it for me? It was, the, it was the, the story of the patients. It was the story of Vera Toomey, who had, who had to walk to Dublin to get the, the cannabis for her daughter, Eva. It was the story of Alicia, you know, exiled from Ireland, having to live over in Alicante. You know, it was, just, it was the sto- the, the so many powerful stories out there that just enough became enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, it was 
in 2020, I planted my first cannabis plant in the, the garden of our city hall here in Cork. Uh, I believe that was in either July or August or something of 2020. Um, and I didn't know much in after that. And then it was in 2021. I de- said I, I dedicate the entire year. I do at least one civil disobedience protest a month. Uh, and I did that. But I did it the whole time thinking of the most vulnerable. I, I wasn't thinking, you know, oh, I just want to go home and enjoy my cannabis or whatever. It's, no, no, I, I want all patients who, who need us to have access to this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to see another mother have to jump through hoops to get access to cannabis for their child who's suffering with uh, potentially fatal epilepsy. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's, it's just inhumane to, it to continue. So like everybody just needs to try to get into that mindset. Just think that way. Don't don't think about yourself. Just think about the most vulnerable out there. You know, think think about maybe your potentially your unborn child who might come into this future and uh, come into this world in the future, and they might be the one who needs it. You know, and you kind of look back on those potential uh, years where you could have been campaigning to to uh, ensure better access for all the patients, and you squandered it. You didn't do anything because uh, it didn't affect you at that time. You know, it's, it's it's not enough to get get active when it, it directly affects you. You need to be getting active before it directly affects you, before yeah. it directly affects others. Yeah, and that that's kind of the way I I, I would be uh, thinking anyway. Yeah, it's a tough battle, man. We shouldn't even be having to fucking fight it in the first place. No, we shouldn't. But look, the only reason we do because you, you go back to the time when they put these laws into place. Like it was at a time when we didn't have this, we didn't have these kind of conversations, we didn't have mm-hmm. the, the access to knowledge that we do today. Like the the internet has given us so much freedom from the fucking narrative of the mainstream media, the mainstream government's line, you know, because it's all been propaganda over the last uh, years. Anything coming out of the government, you know, mm-hmm. um, you heard the shit that they were saying about gay people, you know, before they actually ended the prohibition of gay uh, gay relationships. You know, this this was coming to some of the slander that they said about gay people before you know, we started accepting them in our society, mm-hmm. much like what they're said about cannabis consumers. You know, oh, they're lazy, they're unmotivated, they're wasters, they're they're drags on society. Yeah, they're gonna get your kids hooked on it too, and all yeah. that bullshit. We're not even gonna think about that. We don't want that. Yeah, it's all government propaganda. It's all fucking lies. You know, and we 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 don't have to stand for it. We don't have to tolerate it because we we know the truth now today. You know, unlike what they did back then, you know, back in the 30s, yeah, in the 30s, I think in the UK and Ireland, when they kind of started bringing these laws in, people didn't realize what they were bringing in. Cannabis wasn't really ubiquitous in that sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it was certainly present in the medicine cabinet in lots of places, um, but it just wasn't, it wasn't used in the same way in which it's used today um, back then. Uh, so they didn't realize what they were doing. It wasn't until, I suppose, the 60s 70s the kind of cannabis yeah. started to become a thing you know the kind of the hippie movement counterculture and all of that and it all spread from there but mm-hmm. we only have it because people didn't realize what they were doing you know it's it's kind of your rights got taken away but you didn't realize that it was your right being taken away mm-hmm. they told you it was something else yeah they told so you you weren't supposed to have it in the first place is what they told you yeah well they, they told you what they were doing is for your own protection and then you see the rise of the likes of the Kinnahans here in Ireland. I don't know what crime families you have over in the UK, but in here in Ireland, we got the Kinnahans and the Hutches, and they, they, they're responsible for, Jesus, multiple uh, debts. I believe it's into the double digits, uh, the, the amount of debts uh, is, uh, attached to just that one 
uh, feuding uh, drug family feud or go- drug gang feud. You know, the, mm-hmm. Drug families, they kind of have family names for the gangs, which is interesting, the Kinnins and the Hutch gang, um, because the leader of the gang, you know, it's Christy Kinnan and whoever the Hutch leaders are, I don't know who they are. Um, but, you know, that that that's that's all because of the prohibition. That This is all a part of... No, man trying to make society safe or trying to prevent drug use. It's like, mm-hmm. man, it, it couldn't be any further from the fucking truth. Yeah. If it was properly regulated, it would be more like Budweiser versus Colesburg. Yeah. You, you wouldn't have them try to kill each other. It'd just be good advertisements. <laughs> yeah, they'd be throwing money. Better adverts, you know? They'd be throwing money at communities to sponsor things because they want to mm-hmm. be, that's how they get their adverts. That's how they get their name out there. They'd be sponsoring stuff, like you know? You have the Heineken Cup, you have the Carlsberg Cup. Do you know how long until we have the fucking White Widow Cup or did you know the, the, the cookie mm-hmm. cup or, or do you know whatever cannabis brand that you want sponsoring some sort of a sporting event? And there is sporting events out there already. You know, you have the, the high rollers that, that happened there. Uh, was it two years, three years ago now? Or maybe even more. Uh, did you know what the high rollers is? No, no. Oh, sounds shit. like a bowling team or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's good, good guess, but wrong. <laughs> okay, well, uh, jujitsu. Um, oh, okay. A jujitsu competition, and do you know what the winner got? It was a pound of weed. Oh, oh man! And and it wasn't just some small competition either. Like I had some big names. You had uh, the, I believe like Nate Diaz was there from you know the big Diaz from the <laughs> UFC. Yeah, Diaz loves weed, man. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. And he loves jujitsu. The guy's a fucking wizard at jujitsu, in fairness. Um, so did, did they compete high? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, the, the, the guys that smoke a joint and then they cut, uh, they clap hands and they do okay. their, their match. They draw. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd highly suggest checking out the um, the videos up on YouTube. There's some great content out there from the uh, the High Rollers BBJ, uh, BJJ uh, competition. Um, Brazilian jujitsu. Yeah, brilliant. Brazilian jujitsu, yeah. Yeah, and, and the winner got a, a pound of weed, as I was saying, but the, it was sponsored, I think, like fucking cookies and stuff like that were sponsoring it, like Barner mm-hmm. was, uh, was there. Um, a, a buddy of mine here in Cork, actually, uh, two of them actually went over there uh, to California and they competed in it. One of them was a purple belt. Uh, I believe he was a, pur- a blue belt at the time, maybe, uh, when he went over and he competed. Um, but yeah, they, they said it was fucking amazing and they, they were completely smoked out of it. Like the, it was just off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like things are moving forward in Ireland now, though, and there's going to be some changes in Ireland this year, hopefully. Well, I, I, I'm always optimistic. I, I would have said that last year as well, going into <laughs> last year, because last year going into it, we had the promise of Gino Kenny's bill. Mm-hmm. But that, as we all know, that only got delivered like a month or two ago. Uh, and, and and just to show that we were actually promised that bill back in December 2020. Was it December 20? No, sorry. Um, it was it December 2019 even? I can't remember. It was, it was a while back we, we were promised that particular bill anyway. Um, and he only delivered it then last year. Yeah, December 2020. So he went through all the 21 without it, all the 22 almost. And then he released it there in this November, I think it was. But basically, yeah, Gino Kenny put forward a bill to decriminalize cannabis. Um, so basically, it just means that up to seven grams of cannabis now would be decriminalized if this bill is to be successful and uh, get the support of the government. It didn't it's get a, shot. Yeah, yeah, it's a step in the right direction, but it's still not enough, is it? 
No, no, definitely not. Like, because it, it's completely absent of uh, undoing the harms done by prohibition. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still going to have a criminal conviction when this bill passes. Although the personal possession of up to seven grams of cannabis is done away with, like, I still uh, carry my criminal conviction regardless of whether I got it for seven grams or not. You know, all my criminal convictions are personal use of drugs. Some of those convictions I got for up to like an ounce of hash. And and under the legislation, I am actually allowed less hash than I am cannabis. I, I think you're allowed seven grams of cannabis and three and a half or four grams of hash or even two and a half grams of hash. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It, ma- it makes no fucking sense at all. Like, absolutely none. I don't understand it. But look, it's. It's there. It's it's hope for us anyway. At least it's going to get a conversation happening. Um, it went through stage one uh, unobstructed, so that normally happens. I know it's going to go into stage two sometime this year, hopefully earlier in the year um, rather than later. Um, but once it gets to stage two, it'll be debated within the the floor of the government. So we'll get to hear the opposing views and the supporting views. More importantly, we'll get to see who are the opposers and the supporters. Um, and defense sitters, I suppose. Um, and then we can kind of act accordingly from there. I believe it gets debated first and then it gets voted on on another day after a second debate, I believe. Uh, how long is it going to take to get all this done? Um, it, it, it could hope if it goes to the second stage this year um, and it gets supported there, then it goes to a third stage, which goes to the Shannon, where it again goes through pretty much the same thing as the second stage, which is it gets debated on and voted on in the Shannon. Um, so they put debate, they'll have a debate, they'll put forward amendments if they want amendments. They can do that at the second stage as well. So amendment is just a change. Um, and then it goes on from the third stage then to the final fourth stage if it gets through that, if it's supported through that, um, where it's signed then into law by the president of Ireland. So it it's it could take another year and a half, maybe a wow. year. Oh, yeah. Sake. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 Still going to take some time. And then you have uh, another hope of ours over here in Ireland is the Citizens' Assembly. So the Citizens' Assembly is based, it's uh, a gathering of citizens and they get presented to by stakeholders. Um, so this is Citizens' Assembly is going to be held on the topic of uh, decriminalization of the drug user or, or, or is it the drug policy in Ireland? Just looking at the drug policy and criminal sanctions for drug use. I think that might be looking at the, the actual topic. Um, but effectively, it's going to be going to be a, a debate whether we should decriminalize the drug use or, or not. So it's not going to be specifically on cannabis. Cannabis is just going to be like a subsection within there. Um, but it's certainly going to be an important subsection in there because it's going to be the section that's dealing with the most widely consumed illicit substance out there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so no doubt it's definitely an important one in that regard. Um the Citizens Assembly then, uh, they, as that concludes, they put out a, a series of recommendations in a report form. Um, and then the government are not uh, legally bound to follow those or anything. It's just a set of guidelines if they want to follow them or not. You know, um, so that's kind of another hope that uh, throughout that process that the, it will come out in favor of a decriminalization of the drug user. Uh, hopefully maybe an expansion of the Medical Cannabis Access Program might be another finding of them. Um, and maybe even allowing for the legalization and regulation of cannabis too might be another outcome of it. Who knows, but, uh, but I'm, I'm hopeful anyway that there will be another uh, positive outcome for a farm in some shape or form. Because 
Yeah, and, and, and in saying that, you know, in, in saying about those two things, it, it has to be brought up as well about the Justice Committee um, because I, I was up speaking to the government myself uh, as a representative of the Patients for Safe Access, uh, a group here which lobbies for patients in Ireland um, for medical cannabis access. I'm a director of the group and we got invited up as witnesses to the Justice Committee on, again, criminal sanctions for personal drug use. Um, that was the topic being discussed there on the day. Um, there's a video up in line of uh, of my witness testimony that I gave that day. It's about three minutes long. Uh, at least that's what we were limited to anyway. Um, and our contributions uh, were, I believe there was like four or five uh, contributions in favor of a reform of uh, drug prohibition, of a change of our laws around drugs. Um, and only one contribution actually being a prohibitionist contribution. And that was the Cannabis Risk Alliance made up of a bunch of fucking prohibitionist nutbags. Um, but the outcome of that was a report that got released on December 14th. Um, that's up online as well. Um, the Justice Committee report, December 14th. Uh, if you Google that, you'll be able to find it. But I had 22 recommendations every one of them a positive one in support of a reform of our drug laws uh, towards a model of decriminalization, towards a model of regulation. One, one of the recommendations they actually meant was, uh, uh, they actually made was to, to, to explore the pros and cons of setting up modest or not-for-profit uh, cannabis social clubs. So that, that was one of the recommendations made by a justice committee. And the justice committee as well was made up of members of our government, only members of our government. They're just all sitting TDs uh, from our government on that. TDs and senators, elected officials. I think I remember seeing you on them in the meetings as well, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was back in geez, September or something. I actually had the mm -hmm. Trondio suit and stuff like that. Yeah, you got the old whistle on. <laughs> yeah, the whistle and flute. It was, it was a great opportunity and it was very eye-opening as well to get to meet some of those members of the Justice Committee. Uh, one of them in particular was very, very interested in plant-based drugs. And, and that was a term that he was using. You know, he, he was very much up for having a conversation about uh, plant-based drugs, decriminalizing them, regulating them, and you know, even exploring further their uses because uh, this particular TD um, was very interested in the psychedelic uh, aspects of it and the therapeutic aspects of the psychedelic experience. I was talking about uh, Huachuma. He was uh, uh, not, not Huachuma, sorry. Um, Ayahuasca. Uh, no, Sa Sa San Pedro. Uh, San Pedro. Oh, cactus. Uh, the cactus. cactus. Yeah. Um, so he was talking about that. He was talking about the peyote cactus as well. Um, so he was talking about a few things. Man, I'd love some of those cactuses or cacti, whatever it's called. It's cool, cool fucking. Little little things to have on the windowsill. And one day in like twenty years, when they grow big enough, you could chop one in half and lick it and get fucked. You know. Yeah, I've got a lovely peyote there now. That's uh, about about five years old, maybe seven years old. All right, so it's like three centimeters across. Yeah, yeah, it's tiny, <laughs> very small. Yeah, they're crazy how small their things are, man. Yeah, yeah, but it, it, it they produce a lovely flower. Actually, have you ever seen a peyote flower? Oh, only online, never in real life. Shit, yeah, you know, um, anytime I give mine, like, a, a, I'll water mine occasionally, you know, maybe once a month or so. Um, and they, they basically live in a climate where it's either a drought or it's a flood. Mm -hmm. because, like, obviously, you know, when your soil dries out, that it becomes kind of uh, 
what would you say that what's the word I'm trying to look for? It doesn't absorb water. It's hydrophobic. Hydrophobic in nature. That's the one. Hydrophobic nature, not hydrophilic. Hydrophobic, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it becomes hydrophobic when it dries out. So again, peyotes and stuff, they exist out in the deserts, very dry, uh, arid kind of climate. So when they do get rain, it rains heavily uh, for quite a long time, but it's raining on the very hard, compact, dry out land. So floods. So that's how I, I, I water my uh, peyote. It's either a drought or a flood. And mm. I like to flood it every now and again. And when you flood it, and you get a lovely, lovely pink flower that comes out. And every now and again, that pink flower self-pollinates and you get a couple of seeds in there as well for your Ooh. own body. Um, but they take so long to fucking grow. They do. They do. But they're, they're, they're so cool to watch growing though. <laughs> they grow faster if you start growing them now though, Mackie. Yeah, very yeah. true. Very true. But you can buy them as well. You, you can buy them like five years old or something. So I'm going to just do that. And uh, the San Pedro peyote and there's another one what's the other one which other one oh third one mimosa mimosa hostilis the root bark no no it must be something else i'm thinking about then I think peruvian that's torch but that's the one monkey the peruvian torch yeah yeah no i want one of each another wrestling containment plant yeah man and i want some fucking colorado river frogs as well <laughs> you can put them in there with your with your attack. Imagine that. It's like don't, don't go in that tanker, bro. That's the fun zone in there. Don't miss in the fun zone. I mean Ufo Alvarez, yeah. The the bullfrog. Man, it'd be so cool to just pop one of them zits and smoke the pus out of it. <laughs> I don't even think you pop a zit. You just like no, you just roll a, a glass over the back of the toad, man, and let it dry. Yeah. Scrape oh. off the powder. A natural excretion of a frog is inc- is probably one of the most powerful psychedelics we know. Mm-hmm. How crazy <laughs> is nature and that, like you know? And and what is it? Well, why are we wired to react to these things in that way? What is, like it's it's just such a fucking curious phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have more questions and answers more uh, often than not when you come back from a psychedelic experience. But the thing is, when when you come out from a psychedelic ex- experience, you you get a sense of closure around different things. I don't know. I, I, just, I feel that, especially with the, the, the more stronger ones, the, the ayahuasca, even though I've not had ayahuasca, I've had just straight DMT from a pipe. Um, so that, that, that was an incredibly powerful one. Mm-hmm. You, you come back from like, I don't know, enlightened in, in different ways, but still with so many more questions. <laughs> mm. I've never tried the DMT, man. It's something that I want to do one day. You have to, yeah, you definitely have to. Mm, spiritual experience and shit. Very yeah. cool, man. But like, what, what, like, you've not had it to, have you had a strong mushroom tr- dose? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. Str- I've done acid and, you know, but ayahuasca DMT, it's, it's a different experience altogether. It's- it definitely is, but I think a good, a proper strong mushroom dose, at least listening to. Um, Ter- fa- Dennis McKenna. No, Terrence not McKenna. McKenna's. Um, Kalindi, Kalindi, uh, he, he passed away with COVID uh, a year or two ago. Oh, no, he said that daggone word. Smoke, everybody. Smoke. Yeah, this one, yeah. Martin's gone breaking the rules. Sure, I know my grinder actually. But this this guy, anyway, um, he, he has a YouTube video up there and he talks about like uh, the, the proper way to be using mushrooms is uh, is not the way we do it. He, he, he kind of laughs at Terence McKenna saying that like five grams is a heroic dose. Because this, this guy talks about, like, if you want to have a proper mushroom experience, you need to be taking... 10 grams. In 20 grams. He says... Oh, oh, oh. 
20 to 30 grams of dried mushrooms, not not, not fresh, dried. Um, and, and he talks about that that's the way that they would have traditionally been used, that you would just come along, there'll be a bowl of mushrooms there, and you just... They even drink their piss, mate, to, yeah. uh, to make it even more intense. It's shocking. But I, I'll take your word for it on the first piss after you taking some mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> fuck that, bro. I ain't doing that. I don't give a fuck. It's hard to piss into a toilet bowl. Never mind, say piss into some sort of because go to the toilet when you're coming up on mushrooms. Like it's the most trippiest moment of the, the trip. Like the journey to the bathroom, it's always a wondrous one. You're in there and the tiles are moving and around you, the whole room is fluid. You're like you're underwater or something. Mm. Crazy. Yeah, well, what's what's the plans for Martin's World this year? Um, like your YouTube channel and, and your podcast and shit. The plan is ideas. To- that try. I'm. I'm not doing this whole New Year, New Me type thing. But the plan is that this New Year, I'm going to go back to the 2021 me, and I'm going to try to get out the, get out the same level of output in terms of content and terms of uh, campaigning that I did back then. You know, 2022 was a, a year for downtime for me, but I believe mm-hmm. now I can get back up and campaign again a bit heavily, uh, more heavily. Um, I know I have a baby on the way, so that, that's going to be something that will be uh, interesting. Uh, we're going to have two kids under two within the household, so that, that's yes, definitely going to be challenging at the same time, right? Um, but I do believe with proper organization and preparation that it's uh, it's a task that I, I will be able to surmount and fucking excel in. <laughs> so that's my plan for 2023 is uh, for you to see lots of me. <laughs> nice. You're getting back to streaming every week. Um, yeah, that, that'll be the intention. Get back to putting out at least one uh, 420 news show a week. And then the aim will be to to get at least two interviews a month is uh, the goal that I've uh, written down on my list of objectives now for this year. Sorry. Much like last, uh, last uh, sorry, two years. Yeah, last year when I made that, pro- no, 2020, going into 2021, when I made that promise, I kept it. I, civil, I engaged in civil disobedience once a month, every month for the 12 months. This year, my promise is, one show a week, every week for the uh, the entire year, <laughs> mm-hmm. and at least two two interviews a month for the entire year. So nice, shit. Anyway, let's wave goodbye to everybody on this stream here, and we'll end this. Oh, stream. we're still streaming. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll activate some music. So there we go, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the interview. You can find out more about Martin up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Just search for Martin's World Podcast and you'll find more. You can also go to martinsworld.ie, which is his website, to find out more information about him there. Just like I mentioned at the start of the show, if you are on Discord, come and join the server. The link to the server is in the description of this podcast. So go and click it and come and join us. You can also come and join us at persysgrowroom.com. If you are a cannabis grower, like you should be if you're listening to this show, then you should be part of a good cannabis community as well. So come and join us over on persysgrowroom.com slash forum. It's all free. You don't have to pay anything. So come and get involved and make us happy by becoming part of the community. But for now, that's it. We'll catch you on Friday for the Grow Guides, where we do a quick roundup of what happened in 2022 and what our predictions are in 2023. And we are joined by Chad Westport for that episode. So we'll catch you then on Friday. Have a good week, everybody. Stay high, stay safe. We'll see you on Friday. Bye.